This is Mouth Media Network, covering the business of lifestyle. This episode of All Possibilities is powered by Sennheiser, the future of audio. The perceptions of yoga have changed drastically over the years. Once a relatively unknown practice in mainstream media, it's permeated culture and business alike. Today, before taking on a new job, you may even ask if a yoga or meditation class is offered by your new prospective company. Lauren Coles, founder of Daisy Yoga and Yoga Yacht, and Emily Greising, chief operating officer of Yoga Yacht, have seen this growth and awareness and have taken it to new levels, incorporating yoga and environmental conservation into their excursions. You'll hear about how they work with socially conscious brands, how they redefine yoga for everyone, and they'll teach you a great yoga exercise that you can do right now to relieve tension and stress. Welcome to the All Possibilities Podcast. I'm your host, Julie Chan, intuitive life purpose coach and founder of Being My Purpose. Together, let's embark on a discovery of all possibilities. Lauren and Emily, it is so great to have you on the show today. Thank you for being here. Thanks for having us. Thank you. So we met, um, well, it was actually on the phone, and then we had this amazing yoga yacht trip just recently. It was August 8th, so that was how... Um, August 16th. Was it August? So oh, sorry, August 8th was my event. So it was like the, <laughs> name, the number was on my mind. Yes, August 16th. It was very, very recent, and it was such a wonderful experience. It was actually the first time my husband and I had like a real opportunity to be doing something other than taking care of our six-month-old baby <laughs> and so it was it was just a magical experience to be out on the boat to go to the rockaways and to to do yoga on the beach and we'll talk more about that later but um i just find it really fascinating that the two of you would be creating something so amazing for people mm -hmm. and i wanted to know more about you know how did all of this get started and how how for you as individuals, how did you get started? So maybe um, for, for both of you, how how did you kind of come to this point where you decided to say, oh, you know what, Yoga Yacht is something I wanted to create and pursue and and what inspired you? Well, Yoga Yacht as it is now and what it's going to be, I would say is fully because of em Emily coming on as a partner. So <clears throat> Yoga Yacht at its beginning. Um, so I I was running my office yoga company and I um, went through a life-threatening women's health situation uh, called ectopic pregnancy mm -hmm. um, where I couldn't work for several months while resolving the issue and uh, I, I couldn't work. I was very sad and, um, you know, there was a possibility that my life could have ended and um, – I was on, you know, a low dose of chemotherapy to stop the cells from dividing and save my life. And um, my roommate at the time was a DJ uh, named Matt Gaddis, and uh, he would always be DJing. I had to stay at home because I couldn't really go out or move around much. Um, and so, you know, I'd always loved boats and um, 
I'd had this kind of fantasy idea about a yoga yacht for some time now. And I was finally like, okay, Matt, if I get through this, let's charter a boat. You be the DJ. Let's call it yoga yacht. Let's invite my clients and let's do it. And um, and that was the first yoga yacht. It was kind of a way to kind of celebrate getting through that, being well again, being able to run my business again. Um, and so that's the the true story behind yoga yacht. Um, I would say like to most people, I would say like, yeah, yoga yacht just kind of made sense as a way to entertain clients, you know, bringing them on a boat to do yoga. Um, but the truth is like yoga yacht was a way for me to have something to look forward to while I was going through something really, really hard. Um, and so since meeting Emily um, back at the beginning of the year, um, you know, she's helped helped it become what it is now, which is its own life beyond that story. And I think what I like about it is that it, it, it's becoming more. It's beyond just this corporate entertainment event. Um, and so having a partner like Emily, who's really organized, really savvy, well-connected, she helps bring new life to this idea of yoga yacht. <laughs> and that's, you, Emily? That's so sweet. Um, and I feel very similarly um, in terms of how serendipitous it was for the two of us to meet. As I have practiced yoga for over 10 years, it was something I started in high school as something that was really good for my mental health, um, way even beyond the physical benefits. Um, and was always a place that I came back to when I was going through anything difficult. That's where I went to the yoga studio. It was always my safe place. And I decided uh, post-election that I wanted to become certified to teach yoga. It had been on my mind for uh, several years. I had had some incredible teachers really inspire me and elevate me, not just in my yoga practice, but as a type of young woman I wanted to be, young professional I wanted to be. And so that sort of tipping point event was like I, that day I signed up for yoga teacher training. And because I was like, I need this. The world needs this. This is the time. <laughs> um, the world definitely needs more yoga teachers now. So I did that and I completed my training about a year ago. And I told all my friends knew about it. I was really excited because I really wanted to bring it into offices. I had worked with in a lot of professional services and I knew how stressful that lifestyle was and how yoga could really, even in a simple fashion, could really impact how people were behaving at work and what they could get out of work. And a very close friend of mine from high school um, knew that I was looking to pursue these opportunities met Lauren um, through the Junior League, which is a group that both of us have been involved in at separate times. And we met. I remember meeting her perfectly and her being so inspiring. I was just sitting there and I was like, who is this person? <laughs> <laughs> because I know a lot of yogis and I know a lot of business people. And sometimes those things don't go hand in hand. And I remember being incredibly excited by her energy and her drive and her will, but also her kindness and her empathy and what she had built in her yoga business through Daisy Yoga. And then her mentioning to me, oh, but by the way, I just happened to do this other thing called Yoga Yacht. And I said, sign me up. What is this? This sounds right up my alley um, in terms of doing yoga in a different kind of way, bringing it to a different sort of audience. 
and we met and we started working on it and that's that's how it went it was like it was like love at first sight (laughs) (laughs) and that's really hard to come by actually for kind of founding team i don't know how you you know you would explain it but to to have that partner that you really gel with so that's really cool Mm. so i want to dive a little deeper into first yoga and you had mentioned you work with clients these are corporate clients right yes what what has that field look like like basically how has it changed over time you know there was definitely a time we were talking about this just before recording actually when when people thought you know yoga like what is yoga first of all and why would companies want to have this in their office so tell us about what that has been like in throughout the life of of daisy yoga and also like what how is this evolving Mm. over time so in the beginning, um, you know, I started teaching at my um, my boyfriend at the time's office uh, right after yoga teacher training. And so we would roll out mats and we would just use a space like a studio. And I found out like, oh, I'm not the only teacher doing this. Um, and I found that there was a demand. And when you Googled office yoga NYC, there wasn't very much out there. Um, and so, you know, my move was just build a website where it was office-specific yoga. So knowing that this is something that happens, maybe this is something that people are looking for and they can't find it, I'll put it out into the universe. Um, And so originally with the business, it was like, we bring the yoga studio to your office where we'd sell packages where like we would provide the mats, um, we everyone dressed, we did at least an hour-long studio-style yoga class. um, And there was demand for that in the beginning, back in 2011, Um, then what happened is as the business was growing and, um, we were trying to like seek out clients for a minute, uh, the, the biggest pushback was, oh, we don't have space for yoga. Oh, we don't have time. So then I went back into my, uh, my toolbox, if you will. So my background is special education. I taught high school special education for five years and I taught yoga to every student including students that were in wheelchairs, including students who were blind, students that had physical disabilities. So I knew how to modify yoga for students with disabilities. And I thought, all right, let me just think about what differentiated instruction is when you're a a classroom teacher. Let me apply that to yoga in an office. And all of a sudden I had conference room yoga. No sweat, no change yoga that you can do in the conference room using the table and chairs as props. So not and cut down the time. We're going to make it 30 minutes and we're going to use the table and chairs props so that after our workshop together, your employees are going to learn poses that they can use in their everyday life. And then also if if they have space, no sweat, no change, no mat yoga that you can do anywhere we could do yoga right here in this space, kind of just utilizing the, you know, the skills that I built teaching special ed and yoga in a public school where, you know, our yoga classroom was literally moving desks out of the way. <laughs> like we didn't have budgets for a mat. So what do we do? We just don't put our face on the floor. <laughs> so it's very it was just very easy to use the, that skill set to modify. Um, and then that turned into um 
you know, I mentioned uh, my my health issue where I couldn't work. At that time, I was basically the only teacher. I had one or two subs that would work for me when I was traveling, but I was the only teacher. And my demand went up 50%. So here I was, unable to work, um, having clients calling me, not being able to serve them. What do I do? I need to write this method down. So I wrote a curriculum for something called office yoga teacher training. Um, And so I basically looked into any research that had been done within a five-year period uh, relating to corporate yoga, corporate meditation, like where's the proof? What is this? What do these studies show? And then kind of use that as a way to teach teachers um, about the research, about what's effective in their own teaching in an office and essentially how to sell the product. And so by doing that, I was able to to get teachers that I trusted Um And then I started office yoga teacher training. I partnered with um, someone in San Francisco, and we did a training out there. Um, From there, I helped four women start their own yoga businesses, office yoga businesses, similar to mine. Um, And so where I've seen it grow is that it's no longer people necessarily wanting a studio-style yoga class in their office. They want the benefits of a yoga class They don't necessarily want to change. They don't necessarily want to invest in mats. And so um, what I found is that the business has shifted and it's a a lot more um, modified yoga that people are looking for nowadays. And I'm really proud to be able to say like now the curriculum I've put into a book called Teaching Office Yoga. So if you go on, you know, if you Google Teaching Office Yoga, like you could read about how to do it yourself. And um, yeah, I think my goal in the office yoga space was empowering employees to do yoga on their own that would reduce all of the tension from a sedentary work lifestyle. Um, and it's it's been really effective and really positive. I've had several clients for the past like five years that have never left where I still see them every week and I love them. Love you, Pivotal Labs. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, nice. <laughs> I've subbed for them too. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but anyways, the space has changed a lot. And now back in 2011 when I started my company, um, I left my full-time job at the school, I think in 2012, 2013. Um, my mom was like, why would you ever leave your tenured teacher job? Like you're in a union. Like why would you ever tenured. leave? <laughs> I know. But it was like, no, mom, you don't understand. Like I'm like on the edge of something new and it's exciting. Um, and then even like my friends, like why would anyone want yoga in their office? And let me be real. I have a ton of competitors right now. Like mm-hmm. I I was the first office yoga specific company in New York. And after me, like there have been plenty. There have been, you know, I think Exuberancy was recently acquired. They did more than just yoga. Like there's just a lot building in the space. And nowadays it's like, wait, you don't have yoga in your office? <laughs> right. It's a recruitment tool. It's like, of course, you know, mm-hmm. a company should think about wellness and and all all the good things that come from having that time and space. Absolutely. And, you know, like, for instance, Thrive Global is one of my newer clients. That's Ariana Huffington's wellness company. Like, their whole mission is getting 
corporations to, you know, chill out, getting people to focus on their wellness. So it's it's a really exciting space to be in. And it's really exciting to have been there early on and have watched it blossom into what it is today. So you're both yoga teachers. We're now sitting in kind of an office environment. What can can you walk walk me and Ben, our producer here, through some maybe like one of your favorite yeah. exercises? I mean, the simplest is the the chair twist. So um I know we have mics in front of us, but if we could get to the edge of our seat, I'll pretend I'm on the edge of my seat so I don't affect my um, mic. And then you're just going to inhale, reach the arms way up high, stretch up tall. And then exhale, you're going to twist to your right. You're going to bring the right hand on the seat of the chair behind you or on the back of the chair if that's better. And then your left hand on your right knee. Turn your head to look over your right shoulder. And with your inhale, lift the heart and grow taller. With your exhale, twist deeper. Relax the shoulders down away from the ears. And then we're going to do that on the other side. Come to center. Inhale, reach up tall. Exhale, twist over to your left. Bring your left hand on the seat of the chair behind you or on the back of the chair. And your right hand on your left knee. Turn your head to look over your left shoulder. As you inhale, lift the heart and grow taller. As you exhale, twist deeper, relax the shoulders down away from the ears. And then come back to center. Inhale, reach the arms way up high. And exhale, just relax your hands by your side. So simple, <laughs> natural movement that you would want to do anyways, done in a disciplined way where you can really focus on the subtleties of what's going on in your body. I think one of my goals with Daisy Yoga and Yoga Yacht is redefining yoga. Um, you know, one of my biggest passions is teaching yoga to um, to teenagers who are uh, teenagers with vision impairment at Lighthouse Guild for the Blind. Um, cool. Yeah, that's I've been doing that for I, I guess five years now, and a lot of people are like, "Well, how do you teach yoga to a blind person?" Well, just like you teach yoga to a seeing person, except you give better verbal instruction. <laughs> like it's you know, and and so there's a lot of misconceptions. Like I've had um, private clients with cerebral palsy uh, that are in a wheelchair with limited movement. They can do yoga just like you and me. Yoga means connection between your mind, breath, and body. It's not about doing the most advanced asana, the most advanced yoga pose. It's becoming your most advanced self with what you have and understanding that everything you need, you already have inside of you. And just being able to access that power and feel strong in your own body, however it is. I love that. Wow. I used to volunteer for the lighthouse and actually I have visual impairments myself. So it's very, no yeah, I don't, I mean, I, I guess I talk about it on the podcast, but it's definitely something that I like try. It, it's like a conscious, like I want to look normal kind of thing mm -hmm. and fit in. And it's something that I've been um, being more open about and sharing with people in case there's someone else out there who has visual impairments too. So, yeah. so thank you for all the, the work that you're doing for people who who may may not see themselves as someone doing yoga exactly i want everyone to do yoga <laughs> anywhere <laughs> and actually for for both of you it's a really interesting topic because part of um at least when i was sharing the yoga yacht 
um, experience with my own community, I wanted, you know, I brought up, you know, some people might not see themselves as um, as a yogi or or they might not think that they're at the level to be, you know, doing something like that um, on a beach with other people they don't know. Mm -hmm. So I'm curious in your experience, the kind of the stereotype of someone who does yoga (laughs) and then like, how has that, how have you witnessed that in your own work and how has that evolved? Like, do you think it's still a challenge right now, maybe in, with media and and how people yes. view this? Um, I'd say just as just as Lauren has seen a shift in what corporate yoga can mean and that now being a term that people even know and having a much wider definition of the yoga world for people who haven't been trained or haven't been to a studio or done it before. Um, it's definitely still still a pretty big, big challenge. I mean, I, I think we spent a lot of time um, with this first event open to the public, really just talking to people like everyone is welcome here. This is not where you have to wear certain types of clothes or belong to a certain type of studio or even know what the posture's names are, um, but really having some time for you, having some time for self-care. And often as simply sort of like what we were just doing in our seats, a lot of that is just breath work um, and taking a moment to just focus on your breath and, you know, meditation as the root of the yoga practice. And that's something that anyone can benefit from and be part of. And I think we really tried in the language that we're using. And I think we're still working on how we can be most accessible in language when it comes to using that word yoga, because there is still that sort of perception of this Instagram yoga that you have to be. Um, And it's so much greater than that. And I know her and I can attest to that in our friendship, but also in the network and groups and connections that we've made in this world and in this wellness space as something that of all backgrounds of it's just this is an inclusive practice. And we want to really amplify that message as much as possible, Um, because that's all that I've ever received is openness um, and how beneficial that's been for me and then others that I've sort of taught and seen that change. Um, Actually, as a newer teacher, I'm kind of seeing that. She's probably been hearing this for a long time. But when you hear people who come to your class for the first time or that you even teach something very simple to and they say, oh, my God, I love this. I want to do this again. I felt so safe and comfortable here. And that's a big tone that's set by the people who run the experience. And I think we really take great pride in creating environments like that to combat some of the more sort of like corporate and um, more superficial elements that people often think of or see. I mean, I think the stereotype of a yogi is a rich white woman who's Mm -hmm. super skinny, who buys $11 juices and (laughs) is vegan. (laughs) That's that's what I think with like hot pink leggings that cost $180 and, you know, yeah, that's kind of what I think people fear in in the word yoga like oh i don't i don't mesh with that and i think like where i i like to see myself um so i'm of mixed race i i i'm blonde so i present as white but like i'm latina and i'm curvy and i'm i like to say 
I'm inflexible for a yoga teacher. I'm flexible for a normal person. <laughs> so I, I, I like to go in and, and not be intimidating um, and also at the same time challenge the hell out of people, uh, especially my students with disabilities, uh, just because um, a lot of times like people don't know what they have in them until they're challenged. And so I think yoga kind of presents an opportunity to do things with your body that maybe you thought were impossible and then you do them and then that translates to your regular life. And the impossible thing can be touching your toes, for goodness sake. It doesn't have to be, you know, flipping yourself into a pretzel and like walking on your hands or something crazy. <laughs> Although you could do that. <laughs> and it would be cool. It would be cool. But, and we yeah, would take a picture of it. We would. We would. But I think I think I want to be more of like all bodies, all ethnicities, mm -hmm. all socioeconomic status should be doing yoga and meditation. Um, you know, one of my pride projects this past year was working with formerly incarcerated adults who are trained by the Board of Parole to be mentors to justice-involved youth. And I did a project with them um, at the New School University Institute for Transformative Mentoring. It was mostly focused on mindfulness, teaching them how to teach mindfulness to their student population. But we did yoga a couple of times. And these are, you know, men and women that have not been exposed to yoga that have their preconceived notions of yoga as this skinny white woman <laughs> and all of a sudden just you know did some simple no sweat no change yoga like easy poses and these guys were just like oh yo like you fixed my knee like i was gonna have to get surgery like what is this yoga <laughs> and it's more just like no, you figured out how to stretch in a way that feels good, mm -hmm. that is releasing the tension in the knee. It's not me. It's like I'm kind of, you know, guiding you to heal yourself. And I feel like that's the good sign of a yoga teacher is if they can take you to a place where you remember one or two drops of what they taught you and you take that into your daily life. Coming up, you'll hear from Emily about how she helped elevate Yoga Yacht from uh, an add-on event to something that is now a thriving business. Are you interested in getting your own intuitive reading? Are you wondering how you can align more with your purpose? I offer introductory sessions to my Discover Your Purpose readings and coaching. As part of the All Possibilities community, you get 10% off the intro session. You get a one-on-one -on -one phone call with me where I'll do an assessment of your life and give you an intuitive reading on the highest guidance for you at this time. You'll get actionable steps that you can get started on to create the life you want. Just use All Possibilities 2018 as the promo code. That's All Possibilities 2018. Visit beingmypurpose.com for more information on my services. So Emily, let's talk about Yogi Yacht and your role. What exactly kind of tell us how, at what point you came in and what the vision was that you're helping to implement? Sure. Um, so as Lauren mentioned a little bit earlier, this was a corporate event that she was doing privately through her yoga clients. 
and she mentioned that she had this idea. She's kind of been simmering on it. She really wants it to be more. And the keywords themselves like sold me. Um, I was like, I don't care what it is. I'll be doing that. Yes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, and I, I think my interest in it is twofold. Um, one, the yoga background that I already described and how much it's been transformative for me and people that I know and I've watched it happen um, time and time again, but also my interest and desirability to grow and launch businesses. So I have a very entrepreneurial background. Um, my mother um, founded her own business eight years ago. It's women owned and operated in a very male dominated industry. Um, and I've really become very active in women in business groups and organizations and how um, we as women can get on much more of an even playing field when it comes to business and how it's not something that we should steer away from, but it's something that we should really lean into and we can reevaluate how we do it in a way that we feel comfortable not playing by rules that don't fit ours. And so that was something that just is a passion of mine has always been. I have my own clients that I do marketing for. That's my professional background. And I knew right away that this was an idea that was fire. Um, I could feel it and I was really interested in it. And I was like, how do I amplify? That's what I do. That's what I do for professionals. That's what I do for businesses. And I wanted to do it for this because I thought it was great. And I wanted to go on the yoga yacht. So um, I think we started chatting about what the needs were and what people are seeking in terms of experiences. And definitely there's a huge shift. And this is shown in millennial research time and time again and Gen Z research um, that we are investing and spending our money much more in an experience um, and having sort of this social currency of what we're doing with our friends, what our lifestyle is like, much more than tangible um, items that you purchase at the store. And so we wanted to create something that felt very genuine to our yoga background and the the depth of that and the healing powers of that, but also have it be something really fun and different that we're going to catch people's eyes who are maybe outside of um, the immediate yoga sphere. Um, and so her and I really wanted to launch a public event. We were like, we have to do this. We have a great idea. We started talking to everyone we knew about it. And we were like, we need to the proof needs to be in the pudding. We need to actually do it. We need to pull it off. We need to have a great time. We need to learn. Um, and then we can begin to shape that into something that we can replicate. And we can replicate maybe with audiences that you wouldn't necessarily think would be doing it. So um, given some of her corporate clients, we really see and understand the value of wellness um, for people of all backgrounds, especially in working environments that is so taxing on you mentally and physically. So we really wanted to be able to create a product that a Fortune 500 company could do with us, that we could do at a wellness event, that we could do in anything in between. So we have our eyes set on having this be something that we tailor based on you know, whether we're doing this for a large business or a group of, you know, interns from who are starting their first year at a company to do a retreat um, to partnering with a music festival. And like, how can we offer something that is unique and special, but also benefits that specific group so that it's um, intentional and we're not just kind of 
replicating one of the same thing over and over again. But I think the customizability of what we can do um, for brand partners for brand as well. for brand partners too. So um, really being able to see how we can elevate someone's brand in the wellness space who wants to showcase they what they can offer but while also we can give people something that they remember that doesn't just feel like you're handing out free swag bags and no one remembers or gives it away but it's actually connected with a memory and a memory of something that might change their perspective or they might meet a new person or they might just feel like they got a little break for a few hours as i hope hopefully you did when you came with us you know um we think that that's a lot going to resonate a lot more with people than something i think people know when it's very superficial I mean, I do. I don't like to just be like, here, take this thing with this name on it. Like, do it. Like, you don't want it. You don't want it to be forced. And I think a big part of where we're trying to play is being able to elevate and partner with brands that fit our, you know, aesthetic and also our mission. And we can get into our mission more in a bit. Um, but yes, so <laughs> I feel like I'm a little bit rambling now. Um, but that's that's basically the gist of finding opportunities to meld the wellness and yoga space with businesses that support things that we support. And how can we do that in a meaningful way? My connection to the water is closely related to my late grandfather, Joseph Bizak, and he worked with Pete Seeger to clean the Hudson River. Mm -hmm. um, in Yonkers, uh, there's Bizak Environmental Education Center. Now it's run by Sarah Lawrence. It's called the Center for Urban River at Bizak. And, you know, my late grandfather, he was an accountant um, by day, and he volunteered his time at the Yonkers Canoe Club. He was a commodore. He would take um, youth of all backgrounds in Yonkers, teach them how to canoe. There were some kids that were in the projects that didn't have a, a lot of hope in their future who ended up qualifying for the Olympics. And, um, you know, now they're they're older people in their 60s, and I've met them, and they said, your grandfather changed my life. Um, you know, he was all about conservation. He was part of a um, part of a group of people that, that got a lot of money from a power plant that uh, polluted the Hudson River, and all that money went back to cleaning it, up, cleaning it up. And maybe people say, oh, the Hudson's so dirty, but imagine what it was like before my grandfather and Pete Seeger worked towards cleaning it. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, you know, my background, I used to be a sea scout in high school boating. The boating world is closed off unless you're from a certain background. A lot of times you're unable to get on a boat and it can be intimidating. And I could tell you, I've, I've worked the past two years building the boat connections that I have. It's a very, very hard world to break into. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, you know, a lot of this is also giving people the opportunity to enjoy the water, with the intention of educating them on what they can do to conserve marine life and conserve the water, conserve our earth. It's beyond just, you know, going on a yacht to do yoga. Yes, obviously that's the part of it. But we can also educate you on carbon offsets and little things that you can do that cost nothing that, you know, um, erase your, carb your carbon emissions, your carbon footprint. Uh, we can teach you about little things that you can do uh, to reduce garbage. For instance, our um, our sponsor, Naked Turtle Rum, they it was a garbage free 
uh, you know, cocktail party afterwards. We used paper straws and the, the cups are reusable. So it wasn't like we were throwing away plastic cups. And they save a baby turtle for every bottle of rum that they sell. Those are the brands that we want to work with. Um, and, you know, I have to call out Dr. Brandon Southall um, of the California Ocean Alliance. Um, I saw him speak at the St. Francis Yacht Club, and he educated me a lot about how noise pollution affects marine mammals. And his research has been presented at the UN. It's been presented, you know, on a large scale to big shipping corporations. I'd like to take his research, simplify it, and give it to, you know, your everyday yacht captain, to, you know, companies like Hornblower that have many different boats all over. Um, like, what can I do to educate the boating world? How, how can I educate maritime businesses on things that they can do? And I think what we can do is kind of set the example and lead the way. And so education is a big part of what we want to do as we grow. And I want to get back to some of the social conscious partnerships. So, um, you know, the there's been a huge push um, to meld um, the business and capitalist side of things with also a benefit to our world and our the people and and creatures that live on this world. And how um, can we meld them and have it be mutually beneficial, something that can be profitable, but something that can also be good. And I think that's really where we are. We are trying to to amplify and grow and by doing so through not just um, our boat par partnerships, our brand partnerships, what we're teaching is having this be um, not feel gimmicky, not feel like we're just trying to sell you some type of lifestyle experience, but also that it has meaning behind it. Um, and we're trying to do that in not just our brand identity, but anyone that we bring on to be part of it with us. And part of what we did on our, our first trip open to the public last week was every raffle partner had some type of mission base to it um, from organizations that were giving, you know, a yoga clothing company that was giving portion of proceeds to mental health organizations to the Naked Turtle Rum, which has a partnership to um, to give back to sea turtle conservation. Each, each and every one has an element of that social consciousness in their mission. And we made that very obvious. We included what it was, how to reach them, what they're about, making sure that it was conveyed that what is being reusable, why we're doing it this way. Um, and I think a big thing we're tr going to try to work on is make sure that we're really clear about that and get people to be interested in it. And that that's not just a box we're checking. That's actually like a pillar of things that we care about. And it's also just getting, so for instance, um, Dr. No is the name of our 75-foot luxury yacht in Miami. And so, you know, having a conversation with their owner and captain about, you know, what he can do and what Dr. Brandon Southall recommended and getting feedback from him about how we can adjust his recommendations that are for large shipping vessels for luxury yachts. And it's like bringing the two together. You, you know, I, I'm not sure how else we could share these uh, these insights. You know, I feel like yachts and yoga, you don't really think, you know, that it's the most natural fit. But bringing yoga philosophy and conservation into the boating world, I think it's going to make some changes. I love everything you're talking about. <laughs> and there's, I mean, there's so much depth to it and... Uh, I'm curious to know, so August 16th, that was the first public-facing yep, Yogi Yacht excursion, right? What 
did you learn <laughs> and how and it's interesting because I was I was there as a participant mm-hmm. and um and I actually wish that I had known more about all of this like background and and so that I could more consciously before even getting on the boat know that I was part of something like this with like the like the your grandfather and and all of that <laughs> history in the back um what did you learn and how how do you envision future yoga yacht events well i just learned we need to be talking about that a little bit more <laughs> um for sure i think what we learned is that people got so much out of the other people at the event they Emily. Yeah. So one of the things that was really moving, we've been like trying to have a, you know, post post mortem about this event, but we're both like crazy and unwinding from it because planning events is insane, as you know. Um, And we are both newer at it and such a large scale. Um, But I was like, I'm dying to see you because I really want to tell you like what's (laughs) been happening, what people have been saying to me. And I think it was just so touching. We talked about it right before we came in here is how many people, both personal friends and connections of each of ours who we already knew and complete strangers who just signed up, who found us through a variety of different means, who came up to me either during or after the event and spoke about how warm and welcoming the environment was and the people were who were there. And that really touched me, um, one, because some of them were people we know, and I'm like, good, they behaved, one. (laughs) Um, But also that that's the type of environment and experience we really wanted to create, and I knew I felt with Lauren right away. And so I I was so excited and relieved that our energy, hers and mine and hers, both really emulated through who we had on there and through some of our wording and our branding and people saying to me, oh, well, I saw you mention this was for, quote, like-minded individuals. Like people actually recited that back to me. And I was like, yes, wow. I didn't think that that would be what would stick, but it really did. And just being a, a place that kind of gets you out of the hustle and bustle, especially of New York City, but also where there's this sort of, you know, everybody's on their phones, everybody's one-upping each other's experiences. And it's just like, how about let's just be? Let's just be, let's just be on the water. Let's have the wind in our hair and let's just enjoy. Everyone deserves to enjoy and unwind and it doesn't, it doesn't have to be any more, anything more than that. If that's all you get, win, success. If then you also love our yoga and you love the beach and you love the fun drinks that give back to sea turtles and great <laughs> too. Um, but that was something that we really, I, I heard it so many times and I was just – I was like we really need to convey that that's what this is about, a bringing together of people, um, of people of any kind, a welcoming space and experience that will hopefully last and be brought on past that three to four hours so that people remember us and that they're like, oh, I woke up and that felt a lot better than if I'd gone to the bar for three hours <laughs> in so many different ways. And I also have to shout out um, our life coach, Lori Gerber from Handel Group, who was on the boat. So she was giving 15-minute life coaching sessions there. And then um, we had Kara, who was uh, was reading people's cards. So I like to think that, you know, beyond just the boat, some people hopefully had a life-changing experience from someone that they met on the event. Mm -hmm. Um, That's my hope. And my hope is that, you know, people made friends there, that they're still hanging out with this week and uh, we'll hang out with for many years. Coming up, you'll hear about my favorite part of this most recent Yoga Yacht Sunset Escape 
And you'll also hear about the power of circles. Do you have a story or a comment you'd like to share? I'd love to hear from you. Follow the show on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at All Possible Show. You can also connect with me directly at my own website, beingmypurpose.com. Welcome to Hashtag Moms Got This. Get your mom life fix four days a week. I'm Michelle Park. And I'm Stacey Eagle. Together, we chatted up with a new boss mom each week about her journey and why she's got this. Make sure to subscribe and show us some love on iTunes, Google Play, and wherever the best podcasts are found. And remember, mom's got this. Before I ask more questions, I wanted to share my favorite moment of that evening. It was the sun was setting. It was just incredibly gorgeous. And we were in this beautiful, we were on this beautiful beach in the Rockaways. And everyone was just in a circle and doing yoga at the same time. And there was this moment where I looked up at the sky and my mind was so present. My, my arms were up my body like I, I'm a New Yorker and am generally like not very keen on like taking my shoes off and being in you know public places <laughs> but like hey it was the sand it was my husband will attest to this he's like Julie actually you know, like put her feet in the sand um and it was truly I felt connected and I felt connected to other people even though I didn't you know them. I felt connected to the earth in a way that that is very hard to come by in New York. Even like even if we were to go outside, I'm very mindful and I you know see the trees and and birds and things of that nature. But it was something about being by the ocean and then just actually being in the ocean, you know, walking through on on a Thursday night, and it felt so magical. And I want to thank you for it because it was not something in my mental map I would think could happen on a Thursday night, you know, coming from New York on a, you know, 45 being, minutes from exactly. downtown Manhattan. Exactly. <laughs> we came in from Queens, too. So I was like, oh, um, and so it was it was it was palpable, this connection. So whatever it was that you created, it it definitely was very meaningful for me, I'm sure for other people too. Wow, that means a lot to me. Um, so practicing yoga in a circle um, is one is a technique that I learned teaching yoga in a high school um, in that like, so my last year teaching high school, I was teaching yoga to 50 kids at a time in the gym. Can you imagine how chaotic that is? Can you imagine having them in rows talking to each other? So like the best way for us to teach would be to be in a circle so I can see what's going on with everyone and everyone can see what's going on with me. But what ended up happening after, you know, a lot of time of doing that is that you start to really build a connection with everyone. You feel everyone's energy. You see everyone. You're part of the same circle. Um, and yeah, so teaching yoga in circle is something very powerful. Um, circles in general are a very powerful, almost tribal thing. Um, 
So I briefly mentioned um, Institute for Transformative Mentoring at the New School. Um, and so these formerly incarcerated adults trained to be mentors, they're called credible messengers. And uh, their whole curriculum is about being in circle. Because when you're in circle, you're on an equal level with people, right? There's no hierarchy. Like think of like King Ar Arthur's court, <laughs> right? When you're in a circle, you're connected with everyone. Everyone's on the same level. And the other thing that I like about being in circle, yes, I can give verbal cues. And for those who, you know, who have um, the ability to see, like they can just look along and see what the person next to them is doing. And we're all looking over. So it's, it's easier to teach in a large group if you have the space for a circle, and I'm really moved that you you had that connection. That means a lot. That was a really beautiful evening. The mm -hmm. sky was like mm -hmm. saffron, <laughs> like pink saffron. It was amazing. And something mm -hmm. I want to add about that, and also, of course, you couldn't see our face. Both of us are like tearing up over here. <laughs> like, yes, we felt it too. So glad you did. Um, but you said it was so palpable. Like you didn't, you weren't thinking about it. You weren't like, I have to be Zen because we know how well that works. <laughs> and you're like, I have to be Zen. There's 5,000 people around me right now. Um, but I think part of the, the boat and the separation from taking a, even a short trip is really metaphorical. And you're like, okay, I am out of that chaos. There's quiet there, it's calm. Everyone knows that they're there for a very similar reason. It's not a stressful reason. And like you said, you just put your feet in the sand. You took a look at the sun and the water and you just it like it just happened. And I think part of it is, you know, we can talk and talk and talk all day about this and why this works and how it works. But you kind of just have to do it. And a, a big part of it is just being in that headspace and being open to trying something. Like you said, you're like, that wasn't even in my mind to think that type of experience would happen. And what would that even be like? And just to get to uh, have us kind of give a platform for people to get that that mini escape. You know, you don't need to go on a week-long yoga retreat or get your yoga teacher training to have that refill and that recharge. And it's so wonderful that you got that and um, you know, even just hearing it from one person and that there were a circle of 100 people looking at each other and we hopefully were able to give them to that too. I think the mini retreat model is great because, you know, you don't have to spend $2,500 to go to Thailand to do mm -hmm. yoga on a beach, right? Like we were able to give you something in your own backyard that you wouldn't be able to experience otherwise. And you know, we, we want to make it accessible, like especially what we're trying to do in Miami, um, you know, with the boats out there, like we're able to do a short trip that you can afford that will be an experience that otherwise you might not have access to. And I think that's that's my goal with um, Yoga Yacht is just giving people access to something that they did not think was possible. I want to blow people's minds. I want them to have an experience that they're like, is that a, was that a dream? It, 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 was that even real? Like, and I feel like I felt that as we were, because when you get off the boat, you cross through a very large field getting onto the beach. And I, I just really remember feeling that otherworldly, like, wow, people aren't, they, they have no idea what they're about to walk into. And then when you go through, um, you know, the, those beautiful small dunes with all the vines growing over, and then you, you get to the long grass and you're like, where am I? <laughs> Is this the Queens Riviera? <laughs> yes, we need to. That's our rebranding. <laughs> we 
but, but absolutely. But that's the thing is like people aren't taking vacations. People say things like, oh, I can't take a vacation. I can't take a retreat. Well, fine. Go after work and come on Yoga Yacht and we'll give you as much retreat as you have time for that will hopefully, you know, give you an experience that's, you know, just as worth the $2,500 um, or yeah, $2,500 Thailand escape or whatever it is. And we'll do it at a fraction of the price for a shorter amount of time that fits in your schedule. And drop you to and from Wall Street at the same <laughs> yeah. time. I mean, hey, you end up back on it's Wall cheaper Street. than an Uber both ways. <laughs> this is true. This is true. <laughs> yeah, that was a beautiful walk. It did remind me of a very, uh, very similar hike in Hawaii. So I was like, hey, don't nice. need to go to Hawaii. <laughs> nice. Or, you know, when Hawaii, still go to Hawaii. Still go to Hawaii. But if as if you just need a little break, you it's right here. You can find Hawaii right here. Yeah. And just a little moment of peace. I think that that's, there's a real need for that. And um, even, you know, we, we see all these quiet spaces and meditation studios and yoga studios just blossoming up in the city. Um, and I've encountered some very recently that I didn't even know were there just to like lay down and be quiet and be still and um how amazing to get to do that at a beautiful beach which people already enjoy and already has that calming that calming benefit so if we can kind of bring both um the sea's already going to be meditative and if we can kind of then open people up to the yoga practice at the same time like double whammy I think a, a couple of people had their first yoga yes, experience yes. at that yoga yacht event on yes. the 16th. Yeah, ideally, it's something that opens up their world. Uh, you know, I started doing yoga when I was 17 in high school because I'd had this job at an, <laughs> at an ice cream shop that gave me free ice cream. And I was like, oh, I heard yoga helps you lose weight. And it definitely helped me lose weight, but it helped me love myself. And that's why I started teaching. I started teaching... Um, you know, I, I was assigned to teach special ed with the New York City Teaching Fellows. And I remembered how much mm -hmm. yoga had helped me when I was a teenager. And so it was like, well, if I can just like impart a drop of what I learned from yoga to these kids with disabilities, think of what that will do for them. And, you know, a couple of my old high school students actually helped on the yoga yacht. Um, and that was amazing, you know, having seen them as teenagers and now they're young women young women one of them is a yoga teacher herself the other one's a personal trainer mm -hmm. you know to help these young women find a career even that that is something that they're passionate about feels really really good mm -hmm. yeah i want to just one other quick thing about the sort of the generations um and the mentoring is on our boat you know i think we've both had some pretty amazing mentors um in our yoga journeys and in our work and professional journeys. And some of them were on that boat for both of us. And then I think this is a beautiful experience for both of us as teachers and also running Yoga Yacht is seeing the next generation come up. And us being like, I used to look at people who I was like, what do you, how do you do this? How do you get here? How do you, how do I, how do I grow something that I care about? And that we could have, you know, her students come and help us. And then they're teaching us things and we're teaching them things. And that sort of reciprocity um, from all ages and backgrounds was really exciting to see. Mm, it comes full circle. Yes. Circle. There you go. Circle. <laughs> <laughs> I do have one final question, which is, so the two of you are running this as a business and what, what Lauren, you shared about the whole maritime industry, that's a whole nother, 
whole nother discussion. I'm like fascinated by all the the types of um, people and businesses and um, you know, I, I mean, I just see it as very male dominated <laughs> industry and, and very, I don't know what the right term is, but I'll just use old school. It's just like a certain way of doing things. What kind of person have you discovered you have to be in order to advance what you are creating? Um, well, I should say, yes, the maritime world has been very male-dominated. Um, however, the St. Francis Yacht Club in San Francisco has their first female Commodore, and I met her uh, about a month ago, back when I saw Dr. Robert Southall speak there. Um, so what I found is I just have to be myself. I have to, I think the more honest I am with people about having been a sea scout, about having been a high school teacher, about running a corporate yoga business and trying to grow yoga yacht as its own entity, people are supportive. And I think, um, you know, in the male dominated maritime world, I think they, the men, they know that. It, they're opening up an industry to a new generation and that new generation includes a lot of women. So I've, I've found nothing but support to be honest. And I was actually surprised. Um, I was surprised about how welcoming everyone has been. Um, but yeah, what I found is that people are very supportive of, um, of young women bootstrapping a business. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, so I, I would say I have to be myself and just, you know, call out my humble beginnings as best I can so that they know, like, I'm not like them. I didn't grow up on a yacht. Um, you know, my father's an, an immigrant from Chile. And my mom and dad met when my dad was a cook and my mom was a waitress. And that's my background. Um, and I think that's what gets me in. And being vulnerable and honest in a world that's so closed off uh, opens up a lot of doors. Well, that was beautifully said. <laughs> um, she, I feel like she just took a lot of what I was thinking out of my mouth. Um, I would say for sure, and I we're both this way, and I think that's why we get along so well. Like, you, this is what you're gonna get. Like, we're we're not fake. Um, we we go for what we want. We're confident, but we want, but we're also empathetic, and we want to support other businesses that um, have you know a similar um, mission and ethos as we do. And I have found and I, I was really surprised, actually, when I joined on with Lauren about some of who we were going to be dealing with um, and how they would receive us. And I found that our seriousness, but also, you know, our kindness and our openness was very well received, even though we definitely stand out. <laughs> um, two young women definitely stand out on a lot of these boats. Um, but I think like she mentioned, the, our sort of earnestness and transparency about what we're trying to build and why we think this could be a mutually beneficial thing um, has really been very well received. And I think if we keep putting that out, we will continue to receive it. And I just feel lucky to be able to continue my grandfather's legacy of conservation. I feel like um, I never met him. He passed away before I was born. But my whole life, I've been hearing these these stories, almost legends. Uh, you know, if you go to his center in Yonkers, you see this canoe named Toshi that he built with Pete Seeger. And, you know, it, it's always been kind of a dream of mine to figure out how I fit in to that legacy. And I think I'm finally there. 
Awesome. Well, congratulations to both of you for for what I can't even imagine what it might look like in the future, but I'm very excited to to have seen it in its kind of beginnings and um I really love the conservation angle. I would I would totally go on a boat from New York and just learn about conservation and what we can do to to really take part because sometimes it feels overwhelming what what needs to happen. Mm. So how can our listeners get in touch with you and learn more about your work in Yoga Yacht? Wonderful. So, yes, um, you can reach us at our website, yogayacht.org, or on social media. Specifically, our Instagram handle is at yoga underscore yacht. Um, and then you can kind of see what we're up to and what we have planned this winter. So exciting things coming. Um, so definitely check that out from us. <laughs> Cool. Thank you. There will be more of oh, these. Oh yes, that, the there will be more. There will be more. There will be more. Winter in warmer climates and back in the spring and summer. New York, here we mm. come. Awesome. <laughs> cool. Well, thank you both for being here and for really coming up with an idea and being bold and going out and doing it. I mean, it's it's just how things how new things get done and I really love how it's connected to who you are as people and also who your kind of your family is, what your background. So, really refreshing to see. Awesome. Thank you so much for having us. Thank and you so we much. hope to see you on the next one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and for you, our listener, let's see how you can reconnect with with something, let's, you know, recreate the yoga yacht experience for yourself. Go outside, um, do some yoga on, on a beach or in a park, and reconnect with nature, reconnect with yourself, and reconnect with people around you. Let us know how it goes. I'm Julie Chan, and until next time, be on the lookout for all possibilities. Follow the show on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at All Possible Show. Episodes are available on iTunes, Google Play, and our website, allpossibilitiesshow.com. This show is produced by Mouth Media Network, copyright 2017, all rights reserved. No portion of the show may be distributed or published without the expressed written permission of the producers. Thank you for joining us. This is Mouth Media Network, covering the business of lifestyle.